Super Talk Mississippi media production. And now it's Coast View with Ricky Matthews. Brought to you by J. Allen Toyota and AGJ Systems and Networks on Super Talk 103.1 FM. Welcome to Coast View, the show that every single day celebrates the men and women who are making Coast of Mississippi such a great place to live, work, and play. I hope you're enjoying your Tuesday morning and that it got off to a good start. And I want to also thank you. Thank you for for listening to Coast U and engaging in Coast U. You know, one of the good things about Facebook and sort of being a, a former media guy, I like metrics. I like to study metrics. And we get a lot of, you know, there's a lot of bad for Facebook. There's some good from Facebook as well. But the reality is that's where a lot of people are. And I get a lot of metrics about where people are who pay attention to the show. And it's great to see that such a great cross-section of people all across coast of Mississippi who are, who are watching it. Uh, we have people from uh, Washington, D.C. who pay attention. We have p- people from um, Jackson and Madison and other parts of Mississippi who pay attention. So people generally... Uh, who love Coastal Mississippi, like coming and listening to Coast View because we're celebrating um, the people who make this such a great place to live. So I really want to thank you for listening. Um, if you haven't gone to the uh, to the Facebook page for Super Talk slash Ricky Matthews and like that, do that. And when you do it, you'll get you'll get the updates that happen along the way. You can go to the Super Talk Gulf Coast 103.1 web uh, Facebook page as well. And uh, and like that, and you'll get you'll get you'll have the ability you'll get the the alerts when the live show starts on Facebook. You can go to the Super Talk Mississippi page. There's actually a subsection at the Super Talk Mississippi YouTube page uh, for Coast View. You can watch the show live there. You can watch it live on Facebook. You can watch it live on Super Talk TV. The people who have that capability. Um, you can obviously listen to it on 103.1. You know, a lot of people do, and we really appreciate that. Or you can listen to it later on your favorite podcast. Um, you know, it, we're, we're in all the popular podcast platforms. One of the neat things about either going to YouTube or going to um, going to your favorite podcast platform and just doing a search for Kosia is you can toggle down and see all the conversations that we've had. And so you can pull up some of the, some of the ones that might be of interest to you that we've had over the course of, um, of this great, I, next January the 6th would be two years that we've been doing COSU, over 600 conversations. Kyle and I have been on a great journey. What I like to say about it, incidentally, is that every day I have these conversations and it shapes my thinking. It shapes my thinking about coastal Mississippi. It, it sometimes changes my point of view. It's, it's, it's interesting the way that works, but I come, in and come into this knowing that I have so much to learn personally. I have I have inspiration to get. And now, while I retired almost six years ago, this opportunity to do this show is a, is a way for me to sort of stay connected and and make a contribution back to Mississippi. So it's been a lot of fun. Been a lot of fun. I want to uh, move on now to our first guest today, Mike Davis, who's the director of sales at the IP Casino and Spa, and uh, he's a friend, someone I've you know paid attention to. Uh, we're friends on Facebook. We communicate before. Uh, we, we communicate with each other pretty often. And also, I might add, that he's been on Coast View before to talk about some uh, community efforts that he's been involved in. But today we're going to talk about Mike. So let me before, before I go any further, let me just welcome you to Coast View, Mike. Hey, thanks a lot, Ricky. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. It's good. It's good to have you. Hey, you know, one of the one of the things that 
brought my focus back to you was the One Coast Awards. And when I was the publisher of the Sun Herald, we started these awards, and eventually they moved from the Sun Herald over to um, to the Coast Chamber, and then other chambers are involved as well. But I'm so excited that it continues on because what I used to say to the winners back when they were Sun Herald Awards, and I'm sure that you're told this when you when you're selected uh, recently, is that you, that you know con- congratulations first of all, but then also thank you for being willing to be sort of uh, um, you know an example for others. We want we want. We want young and old alike to be inspired by the story that you tell about not only your commitment to your work, but your commitment to the community, and that by holding you up as an example, we can find more people who will be willing to do that. And I refer to you and people like you as, as a thousand, one of the thousand points of light. So thank you for allowing us to hold you up as an example. Well, I appreciate that. And um, certainly it's humbling to be on that list. As you look back at all the winners from from when the Sun uh, Herald was hosting the event all the way to today, there's just great leaders in there. Many of those I have had an opportunity to work with throughout my career. And a lot of my, I consider mentors. I mean, they, they helped me uh, form the career that I've had. Yeah, there, there's no doubt. And you've had a cool career. You've you've uh, worked for n- numerous gaming operations. You actually went to school in San Francisco. We're going to get an understanding of all that here in just a second. But what is uh, what is so important about the One Coast Awards as they are today with the focus on sort of the regional piece is that, you know, it's hard. It's hard to make regionalism work. You know, the recent example with with uh, the the coastal Mississippi tourism effort and the the important conversations that have taken place around that is an example of how you have to stay focused on 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 doing the things you need to do to make it successful. Um, there are a lot of stakeholders involved in coastal Mississippi. I'm not talking about tourism now, although this does apply to tourism. But there's a lot of t- stakeholders involved. There, we're a collection of communities, 15. 15 counties or county or city seats involved in coastal Mississippi, a lot of legislative, a, delega, a large legislative delegation, a big business community. It takes a lot of focus. It takes a lot of people, actually, who get sort of this regional thing that we can have our differences at the local level. But when it comes to understanding our common interest, um, it's really important for us to keep that conversation going so people don't forget that we will live or die as a region ultimately. Don't you agree with that? Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, early in my career, um, back in the Broadwater days, um, we would go out uh, to trade shows and be representing um, the Bluxy uh, area, the uh, the Broadwater property, and then, of course, the Mississippi Gulf Coast. And, uh, you know, at that time, people didn't realize that we were on the Gulf of Mexico. They thought we were a little um, community on the Mississippi River. And so we really had to focus our energies and our, our conversations toward everything that the Mississippi Gulf Coast has to offer. And it really starts with uh, on one end of the, the bookend with um, with uh, the Jackson County uh, world, and then you go over to the Hancock County world and everything in between. Yeah, I think, you know, what's interesting, and I, we talked about this on Koshi several times, but there are lots of things that highlight these this collection of communities that make coastal Mississippi such a special place, but probably none as good as cruising the coast. Cruising the coast sort of connects the dots by having these special events that happen. And when you talk about, like, for example, um, people typically didn't didn't think of Moss Point as a place to stop. And for, for old timers, they remember Moss Point is sort of, that's where the paper mill was and it didn't smell right. right. 
But those those days are long gone. Moss Point actually is is you know really establishing itself as this sort of small river city with this quaint, cool little uh, you know riverside uh, you know feel to it. And when when the uh, when the cruising people went there for that stop, they loved it, and the and the merchants there loved it. And then you go all the way to the other end, to Bay St. Louis, and see all those old cars and that in that incredible downtown area that has risen up out of the ashes from from Katrina. And um, I mean, we are just lucky that that the we had these collection of community, each with their own sort of unique characteristics that come together to form this place at, called Coastal Mississippi. And I think that's one of the smartest things we ever did is say, we're the secret coast, but we are coastal Mississippi. And this is how we want you to know us from now on. That's a pretty cool thing, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. And and I would also, uh, you know, a lot of our, our signature events down here in our festivals do that. Uh, you look at the Gulf Coast Marathon, for example, which, uh, you know, what better place to run from Bay St. Louis all the way into downtown Biloxi, 26 miles of, of beach and, and beautiful scenery. Um, if we can figure out some way to run across the bridge into Ocean Springs, then we got all three counties involved. But I'm sure that's that's in the plans. Uh We've, we've just got, we got so many great assets down here. What's great is our communities all have their own identity. What Ocean Springs looks like is much different than what Gulfport looks like, but they each offer a, a unique tourism um, product and uh, tourism opportunity. Uh, you live and work and play in your community, and I'm fortunate to live in Jackson County and in Ocean Springs, uh, but I, I also uh, work in, in, in Harrison County, and I, I see the benefits of, of, of both communities of what we bring to coastal Mississippi. Well, you know what? Let me, let me just comment about one thing. I'm a runner, and uh, you think about the, the Coastal Mississippi Marathon that you mentioned a few minutes ago. If you were to find a way to have the Biloxi Ocean Springs Bridge sort of be the last whatever of that, every runner would hate you. <laughs> every runner would hate you. But, you know, I remember, hey, listen, when we were we were fighting over that bridge after Hurricane Katrina, sure. uh, Haley Barbin, he talked about this in his book, incidentally. I had the pleasure of writing the forward to his book on Katrina, but he talks about a conversation he had with me. He called me once and, we, and I was pushing hard and we were writing lots of editorials about it and and he said, you know, do you really think people, that the grade, I mean, I keep being told by MDOT that the grade of this bridge is not going to make it so that people want to walk on it. And so why would we spend all this money for this sort of walking path on the bridge when no one's going to use it? And I said, Haley, if we don't do this, we will regret it. It's, I mean, I, I've been told that it's going to be used. And, uh, you know, ultimately, with lots of input, the, the governor finally said, you know, we need to do this. And they found the money. And look where we are today. I mean, it's just, it's just it, it, you know what? If you go look on, on any of the travel sites, it's regularly listed as one of the top uh, attractions of coastal Mississippi, the bridges. I mean, you would have never thought that would be the case. Hey, listen, when we come back, we're going to continue our, our conversation with, uh, with Mike Davis from the IP, and we're going to talk a little bit about his life. We'll be back after this break. Thanks. Coast View on Super Talk 103.1 is brought to you by J. Allen Toyota on I-10 Exit 38 Gulfport. See all the incredible inventory at allentoyota.com. And remember, when you think Toyota, think J. Allen Toyota. Talking to the people that help make the coast such a unique place to live. 
This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coast View. Look, it's so interesting during the break. I was telling Mike Mike Davis from uh, the IP who recently won a One Coast Award, but I was telling him we should spend more time together because there's so much to talk about. I mean, like, for example, during the break, we got to talking about the bridge, and I'll let him make his comment. But then that led me to say, Lord, you know, look at your, he actually serves on the planning commission in Ocean Springs, which is a great place to be if you want to help maintain a very special sense of place, which is the case for Ocean Springs. But make your comment about the bridge. Well, as I was saying, I run, I'm not a runner, but I do run um, a little bit. And the bridge was always a training ground for us. So running across the bridge and back again is is, is a natural uh, 5K um, track, if you will. But then if you want to continue a little bit farther and go down Ocean Springs Beach and to the harbor and back again, that's another two-mile stretch. So it's it's a great, great um, running track for those that, that like to participate in running a little bit more than I do. Well, you know, after Hurricane Katrina, Ocean Springs was one of the only cities, in fact, maybe the only city that didn't have total devastation or water in it or whatever. So it served, it was an important hub to help people understand what could be in these other communities as they began to sort of you know, you know, rise from the, the rubble of, of Hurricane uh, uh, Katrina. But, but Ocean Springs is a special place, isn't it, Mike? It is. You know, I, I grew up in Ocean Springs. I spent most of my life in Ocean Springs. I left briefly to go to school and college and get married, but I returned to the Gulf Coast, and, and I knew that Ocean Springs is the only place I wanted to live. Um, I've, I've been part of the community since, you know, since the 1970s. Um, I, I went to school in Ocean Springs. I had a wonderful um, upbringing in Ocean Springs, great parents, great friends, uh, just a great sense of community. And now, as I get a little bit older and I'm able to give back a little bit more, I like to spend as much time and energy focusing on some of the projects that are close to me in my hometown of Ocean Springs. Yeah, there's a lot of gifts I get from doing the show. One of the gifts I get is the opportunity to spend time with Julian Rankin, the executive director for the Walter Anderson Museum of Art. And you're on the board of trustees there. You know him well, don't you? I do, you know, and, and I think that I'm Walter Anderson or any museum's uh, target audience because I really know nothing about art whatsoever, but I'm learning it as I go along. And um, I was asked to join uh, the, the board and never had met Julian until that point. And I'm I have been so impressed with his work and the things that he brings to the table, his forward thinking, his his approach to business, his approach to um, to his role in our community and making it better. Um, we're very fortunate to have them, but more importantly, we're very fortunate to have that cornerstone of tourism in Ocean Springs. That is our cornerstone. That is what, what everyone comes to Ocean Springs knows about and hears about. And our community is very, very important. So having a leader like Julian in that role, I think it only enhances what we're trying to do. There's no doubt it does. And I had him on the show last week. We, As we often do, we, we get into these incredible conversations because he's such a great thinker. He's so articulate. He's so so smart. And what he what we talked about um, sort of this drive that the, the museum has to sort of reach out into the community and be participant be, be participants and leaders in the community building efforts. And it led us to say that the, the things, this attention to detail, this w- willingness to get in the trenches and work really hard, all those attributes are important, whether you're 
doing community work like Julian's doing or whether you're running a business. What a what a superstar he is, and you're really lucky to have him at the museum. So why what took you to San Francisco? Well, um, you know, I, I started out my career uh, or as, as I was going into school, I uh, went to Southern Mississippi for, um, for a couple semesters. And I knew I always wanted to be in the hospitality business. I remember back in the early 70s when um, President, at that time, President Ford came into town and, um, you know, the restaurant shut down. They have his silverware. They have his plates all, all lined up there at Fisherman's Wharf. And um, I thought it was really, really cool that the hospitality industry hosts these celebrities and these dignitaries and these uh, these folks. Um, so I wanted to go in the hospitality industry. I went to Southern uh, to start that uh, program or start a program like that. And unfortunately, they didn't have it up and running at that time when I was going to school. So my counselor actually taught me to, um, told me that there's a couple of schools that would be of some interest to me. And that was UNLV in Las Vegas, Cornell in uh, New York, and then City College in San Francisco. Now City College is not a four-year university, it's a two-year college, uh, but their program in the hospitality industry at that time was one of the top in the country. Um, so um, I had just gotten back from San Francisco um, a summer before where I worked as a camp counselor out there. Um, I met my wife at that camp and we continued a relationship throughout that year. So maybe it was the wife, maybe it was the career goals, um, but um, I spent about eight years out in the, uh, the Bay Area starting my career, finishing up school, getting married and trying to understand what I want to do with the rest of my life. Um, I originally wanted to be a chef. Uh, I wanted to be culinary side. Uh, the first two semesters of uh, college uh, where we were cooking at 5 a.m. in the morning and staying out to dinner late, late at night quickly cured me of that goal. <laughs> uh, so I shifted my pass and, and wanted to work a little bit more in, um, in the hotel and the hospitality area. Hey, incidentally, uh, when President Ford came to to the coast, I was actually at that time working for Mobilematic as a paramedic, and I and the I would my partner and I were the ambulance in his motorcade while he was oh, here. Really? Okay. Yeah, just one of those little anecdotes, telling yeah. about how old I am. Um, <laughs> but you know, it's interesting, Mike. You look back now; it's it's interesting how you sort of knew what you wanted to do, and you ended up sort of over thirty years in the hot hotel and, and casino industry. You worked along the way for Grand Casino, at MGM uh, Resorts, Golden Nugget, now at Boyd. You you actually are in the are in the Hall of Fame for the Mississippi Tourism Association. So I would say you actually achieved your goal of making your mark. I mean, you think back. A lot of people say, I'm going to do, like for me, it was paramedic and being an emergency room physician, ended up going to get an MBA and kind of changed my majors and whatever. But you kind of, you were doggedly determined to do it and you stayed with it. And now you're in the Hall of Fame as a result of that. I guess you just knew that's what your calling was. Well, I did. And I will tell you, a lot of a lot of my success is owed to to the people around me. I mean, I've been very fortunate to work for great companies throughout my career. I've had great leaders and great mentors that pushed me along the way. I have inherited teams and I've hired teams and trained teams uh, that make me look better. And um, so, you know, all the things that I did was actually pretty easy to do uh, with the team that I had surrounded me. Um, I'm very proud of the fact that I am in the Hall of Fame. I, I'm a big baseball fan, and I like to say that, you know, the Baseball Hall of Fame has 333 members, and the Tourism Hall of Fame has only 29, so I'm in a very exclusive club. <laughs> but, uh, no, it's a very proud moment, and, and I, I could not do it without uh, the people around me and the people that have been part of my life for, uh, for the last 30 years. When I remember, okay, so while you were in San Francisco, you became a Giants fan, and somewhere along the way, you became a Steelers fan. How did the Steelers fan come about? 
Well, we could, actually, Steelers came first. I was six years old. Um, I liked their colors, and they were winning Super Bowls. So, I mean, that was, <laughs> that was fairly easy to do. Uh, the Giants fan, I've always been a baseball fan. My dad was from Boston and uh, grew up um, a Red Sox fan. Um, he pushed the Red Sox on me. Uh, Carlos Grimsby was my first hero. Um, so, uh, going out to San Francisco and having the accessibility to go to games on a regular basis really turned me into a, a stronger baseball fan and mostly important turned me into a Giants fan. So congratulations on your son graduated from the University of Mississippi with a degree in journalism, graduated with honors. You have to be proud of him. Very proud of him. I mean, um, you know, he, he told us that uh, what he wanted to do and uh, we gave him um, every opportunity to succeed, but he did it on his own for the most part, um, graduated. And then his next step was, well, I want to go live in New York City. Uh, so he uh, he packed up um, his, his life and, and moved up to New York City and is working remotely for a digital marketing company out of Pensacola. Um, he loves uh, journalism. He loves uh, uh, documentaries and films. So he's, he's thinking about trying to get an opportunity to work in, in that area up in New York. And uh, he's done a great job. And we're looking forward to seeing him over the holidays. Well, my son is in New York as well, working for Price Waterhouse. And he loves the city. My wife, Ann, and my daughter, Tori, were just up there to see him. And they got there just, they got out of there, actually, just as the Nor'easter hit uh, the last few few days ago. But, but you know, it's interesting to watch our kids explore. And, you know, University of Mississippi, by the way, he, he, his degree is in integrated marketing and communications, but they've done a really good job of saying, you know, the, the, there was the old journalism degree, which is about how to write great stories and whatever. But they've really sort of completely reframed their their programs so that they understand digital media and all of the opportunities that derive from that. And he 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 was uh, he was lucky to be in that that particular program. Yeah, I, you know, again, I don't know what he does, and I don't know what the degree does, but uh, there seems to be a need for it. Um, he he was not um, he was not without a job after graduation very long. Um, they they came. Um, knocking on his door and, and, and he gladly accepted that role. So I don't know what he wants to do with it and that's his um, life to figure out, but I can't stand in his way. And if he wants to do it from New York, you know, when I was 18, I moved to San Francisco. He was 20 and he moved to, um, to New York. So I can't, I can't argue with him. Hey, that's good, man. You gotta, you gotta be willing to let him go. My son, Justin, he went all over the world. And every time I said, do we really want him to go to Peru? Do we really want him to go to the Amazon? Do we really want him to go live in Spain? And I was always the guy saying, please, no, no, no. <laughs> There was no way stopping. He was going to go see the world, and now he's working on the international team for Price Waterhouse <clears throat> and uh, enjoying life. And man, you know what I mean? Sometimes you just got to let them go. You know, I, I wanted all my kids close by, and I got two or three of them here, and one that was just going to go see the world, and there was no way to stop it. That's just the way it is. And you, 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 you see that as well, don't you? Yeah, well, my wife was, uh, was you know, what's he going to do? Is he going to go to California? Is he going to go to Denver? I don't want to be too far away. I don't want to be too far away. Oh, he's going to New York? I can go there at Christmas time. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mike Davis, it's been great to talk to you. We'll, we'll get together soon. Um, it's been just a privilege, and we'll see, you, we'll see you next time. But this has been Mike Davis from the IP. And when we come back, we'll uh, continue our conversation. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.